Amen. Please turn your Bible there to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 13, please. Numbers chapter 13. The book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 13. When you have it, if you'll stand together, let's um, stand out of respect for God's word and we'll read together the first uh, 20 verses or so. Numbers chapter 13, verse number 1. Numbers chapter 13, verse number 1. The Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. And these were their names, of the tribe of Reuben, Shemua, the son of Zakur, of the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, the son of Horai, of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephna, of the tribe of Issachar, Egal, the son of Joseph, of the tribe of Ephraim, Oshea, or Joshua, the son of Nun, of the tribe of Benjamin, Palti, the son of Raphu, of the tribe of Zebulun, Gadiel, the son of Sodai, of the tribe of Joseph, namely of the tribe of Manasseh, Gadai, the son of Susai, of the tribe of Dan, Amiel, the son of Gamaliel, of the tribe of Asher, Sether, the son of Michael, of the tribe of Naphtali, Nabi, the son of Vasai, of the tribe of Gad, Guel, the son of Machai. These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. And Joshua called Oshea, the son of Nun, Jehoshua. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said unto them, Get you up this way southward, and go up into the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the, time of the, now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. If we keep your Bible open there to Numbers chapter 13, we're going to come back to it in just a few minutes. I want to speak to you this morning on the difference of Joshua and Caleb, the difference between Joshua and Caleb. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again so much for uh, giving us the record of these uh, folks that have gone before us. And Lord, their failures and successes, and Lord, how we can as well uh, see the good uh, promises, Lord, that you've made us as well uh, come to fruition. Lord, please guide us as we serve you. Help us, Lord, to be victorious Christians. Help us, Lord, to not just uh, linger where we are, but help us to move forward at all times. And may uh, you see uh, it fit to do great things, Lord, in our midst. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Cherish the old rugged cross 
trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. The old rugged cross stained with blood so divine a wondrous beauty I see. For t'was on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon him, sanctify me. To the old rugged cross I will ever be true. It changed gladly bear then he'll call me someday to my home far away where his glory forever I'll share so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling. Thank you, gentlemen. As I said, I read from Numbers chapter 13, and we're going to get back there uh, for just a minute, but there is the story, of course, of uh, God leading uh, the Hebrew people up to the edge of Canaan, and before they went into Canaan, uh, Moses there sends the, uh, the spies in uh, to see the land. And in Numbers chapter 13, the Bible tells us that of, of every tribe, he took a man that was a ruler among them or the head of the children of Israel. And so basically he took of uh, the, the, the 12 tribes, a man from each tribe, and they uh, were assigned to go together to go into Canaan to spy out the land, if you will. And Moses told them to bring back of the fruit of the land, and Moses told them to be of good courage. And when they came back, as we'll read in a few minutes, we're going to see that these uh, spies were not all the same. You would have thought that they'd be united. You would have thought that they would have been able to work together, but you'll find out that two of them, Joshua and Caleb, were qu quite different than the rest of them. They looked at the whole entire situation 
from a completely different perspective than the other ten. And so I want to speak to you tonight on this subject, the difference between Joshua and Caleb, the difference between Joshua and Caleb. And I believe that their perspective uh, gave them the ability to be able to serve God for many, many years. We hear about Joshua continuing to fight the battles, and we continue to hear about Caleb saying, I want that mountain. And so these two men stood up, uh, out among the rest of them, uh, out of the 12. And they're definitely uh, men that we can emulate, that we can learn from, that we can pattern our lives after. So again, the title is The Difference Between Joshua and Caleb. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you again so much for giving us uh, these, these uh, two men, Joshua and Caleb, Lord, who were good examples, Lord, in the middle of a, a challenging time, a time when uh, the Hebrews were going forward. And Lord, they, they <coughs> wanted to uh, <coughs> see you uh, do great things, Lord, in their, in their midst and in their nation. But, Lord, at the same time, Lord, there was a lot of opposition and a lot of uh, difficulty with that. Help us, Lord, as well, as we look at our lives. Help us, Lord, to be more uh, like them. And help us, Lord, to, again, continue to learn from those people you set in front of us. Lord, again, they're not perfect men, but certainly there were some things about them that you found blessable. Please uh, help us to be different than those around us. Help us to be different than other churches and different than other uh, Christians even, Lord. Help us to stand out and help us, Lord, to do great things that honor your name. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one, Joshua and Caleb looked at the possible blessings. Uh, look, if you would, to Numbers chapter 13, verse number 21. As I said, we're going to look in the Bible a little bit tonight, and uh, we're going to use the Bible quite a bit uh, as we go through this. Numbers chapter 13, verse number 21. Uh, as we already read, these 12 men went into Canaan, and they stayed there for 40 days, and then they came back. In verse number 21, the Bible says, So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob, as men came to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came by Hebron, where... Ahiman and Shishai and Talmai, the children of Anak, were where Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came unto the brook of Eskel and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bare it between two upon a staff. Imagine that. One cluster of grapes needed two men to carry it on a pole. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eskel because of the clusters of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching out of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron to, and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We come unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up amongst against this people, for they are stronger than, the, than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched uh, unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is as a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which came of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sights. Uh, in their sight. 
Uh, there's always two ways to look at what God wants you to do. And Joshua and Caleb said, listen, we need to look at the fruit. We need to look at the good land. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. Hey, this is a great land. This is worth the effort. Hey, this may have some struggles in it. Hey, this may have some giants in it. This may have some walls around it, but it's going to be worth it because we're going to have uh, 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 cities that we've not built and we're going to have vineyards that we've not planted. God's going to give us this land hey it's worth it and Joshua and Caleb look at the potential blessings with going forward they looked at the potential wonderful things that they could have for their families and the answers to prayer and, and they looked at all the possible things that they could have in the land of Canaan the sad thing is that the other men were not the same way the Bible says that they saw the children of Anak and the, the giants and they saw oh, they're men of great stature and they started complaining and worrying and doubting and they said oh there's going to be big walls around the cities and there's going to be a lot of battles and we're not going to be able to do this and maybe we're going to die and they brought out an evil report on the land and they were quite different than Caleb and Joshua and I want to encourage you tonight if you want to be like these two men that God blessed let's look at the possible blessings in everything that we have Let's look at the possible blessings of being a bus captain. Look at the possible blessings of being a Sunday school teacher. Look at the possible blessings you have as being in the ministry. Hey, what's great about the Christian life? Hey, knowing where we're going to go one day forever. I said yesterday to a man, I said, all of us need to realize that a million years from now, we're all going to be in heaven or hell forever. Hey, I know I'm going to be in heaven. I'm not worried about it at all. I talk to people all the time about heaven and hell, and I'm trying to encourage them to put uh, their faith in Christ. But as for me, I know that one day, a million years from now, I'm going to go to heaven because of Jesus Christ. Hey, that's a wonderful thing about the Christian life. It's a wonderful thing about being a Christian. You know what's going to happen to you when you die. Hey, we know where we're going to be in eternity. We have forgiveness of sins. We know that we're God's children. We know God is our Heavenly Father. We have a purpose to our life. Hey, we have understanding of what's going on here. This world looks around, they can't figure out what in the world to live for. They don't know whether they should live for money or wealth or fame or fortune. All of it's going to be forgotten and all of it's going to be gone one day. And I believe every person pursuing those things in the back of their mind knows that a hundred or a thousand years from now, their money's going to be gone, their name's going to be forgotten. Nobody remembers who was famous a hundred years ago and nobody cares. And they know that it's a temporary thing. But ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that our names are written in heaven. And the Bible says we'll be speaking about those things we've done for God in eternity eternities in the future. Hey, it's a wonderful thing to use your life for something bigger than this life. It's a wonderful thing to use this life for something bigger than eating and sleeping and obtaining and having possessions and just looking at it. As Solomon said, there's nothing great about riches but the beholding of the eyes. And folks, listen, we could go to the supermarket. We could go someplace and look at things and not even have to work for it. Hey, you can look at estates and mansions if you want to, but ladies and gentlemen, you and I can live for something better. Amen? We could use our gifts that God gives, has given us and use the talents God has given us. For example, Mrs. Saw with the, the music and Brother Saw, of course, as well, with the choir. And you could use your uh, gifts if you uh, work with children. That's a, that's a gift from God. And some of you have the gift of hospitality and some of you have the gift of giving and some of you have, have the gift of leading or following or encouraging. Hey, we could use our gifts for God. And that's a wonderful thing to sing in the choir. And it's a wonderful thing to work in junior church. And it's a wonderful thing to work on a bus route. Hey, praise God. We ought to look at the blessings of being a Christian. We have rewards in heaven. And we ought to have, uh, again, an appreciation of all the things God has provided for us. Hey, be like Joshua and Caleb. Look at the blessings of being a Christian. Don't look at the obstacles. 
Hey, I, we know the devil's against us. We know the world's against us. We know that sometimes the world's not going to appreciate us and pat us on the back. But listen, we don't have to talk about that all the time. We don't have to worry about how hard, talk about how hard it is to be a Christian in this wicked world. We, we know it's hard. It's difficult. But Joshua and Caleb said, yes, that's a reality, but the blessings are worth it. And the blessings are worth it. Amen? Look, look at your marriage that way. You say, oh, you know, I got all, all these challenges and all these difficulties in my marriage. Brother, you ought to be the bless. Look at the blessings of being married. It's a wonderful thing to be married. Hey, it's a wonderful thing to have somebody to share your life with. You say, well, they're not perfect. Well, neither are you. You say, well, they don't look like they used to when you got married. Neither do you. Hey, uh, you might say, well, they don't have as much money as they used to. Or they may not uh, be able to take me out to, to, to uh, uh, nice restaurants like they used to. Hey, that doesn't matter. Praise the Lord. You have somebody to share your life with. Hey, don't look at your wife or your husband and start pointing pointing out what's wrong and pointing out that, you know, they got cavities and they're getting uh, fake eyelashes and they're starting to get caps on their teeth and, and all that stuff. Hey, praise the Lord. They love you. Praise the Lord when you said, will you marry me? Praise the Lord. They were dumb enough. I mean that they loved you enough to say yes. Hey, praise the Lord. You're married. It's a wonderful thing. Now make something good out of it. Amen. Hey, praise the Lord. And look at the blessings having children. All of a sudden, my mind went blank. Uh, no, it's a blessing to have children. Hey, it's an encouragement to have other people around that, that you can work together with and serve God together with. Hey, it's a blessing to have kids. Hey, they're an encouragement at every stage of life. When they're little babies and they do the funniest things and they make all them faces and stuff, and then the little guys, they walk around, they get into trouble and stick their fat little hands into everything, and everything on the floor goes in their mouth, and, 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 and they have question after question after question after question. Hey, it's a wonderful thing to see them grow up. Hey, it's it's a blessing to have children. Be like a Joshua and a Caleb. Don't look at the dirty floor. Don't look at the things that are messed up. Don't just look at the problems that it brings into your life. Hey, it's a blessing to have a family. It's a blessing to have children. Hey, let's enjoy what God's given us. It's a wonderful thing. Amen? Look, tonight you could focus on the things God has given you and the blessings of God that, that God has put in your, in your life, or you could look at all the obstacles in your life and what the devil's trying to do to stop you from being uh, joyful and being happy. Folks, let's look at the potential blessings. Hey, if you got a job, you ought to praise God for it. You say, I don't like my job. Well, probably, probably it's better than not having a job. Look, we ought to thank God that uh, God's given us an opportunity. And maybe you ought to work hard and get a better job. That's fine. But listen, you ought to praise God. You have a job. And you ought to praise God. Uh, I remember one time, uh, Brother Moore told us this story. He said uh, a, a dorm girl came to him in, in college, and she said, uh, I don't like my nose. I don't like my nose. And she was up upset because her nose, I don't know what it was, it was upside down or crooked, I don't know what it was, but she said, I don't like my nose. And Brother Moore, uh, being a deep theological student, said, does your nose make boogers? She said, what? He says, does your nose make boogers? She said, well, yes. He says, well, that's what it's supposed to do. That's what it's there for. Now just be happy with the boogers your nose makes. Listen, we ought to be happy with what we've got, and you ought to be happy with what God has provided for you. Amen? Look at Numbers chapter 14, verse number 6. Numbers chapter 14, verse number 6. Just a few verses ahead. Numbers chapter 14, verse number 6. The Bible says, And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephthah, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to search it, it is an exceeding what? 
good land. He says, what are you complaining about? He says, what are you afraid about? What are you always turning around and going back for? It's a good land. As a matter of fact, it's better than that. It's an exceeding good land. Hey, it's wonderful to be a Christian. It's exceedingly good to be a Christian. It's exceedingly good to be married. It's exceedingly good to be in church. It's exceedingly good to be able to walk and to talk and to jump up and down. Hey, it's exceedingly good. Hey, it's better than the other option. Hey, let's look at the blessings in our life. Amen? And they said, listen, it's an exceeding good land. Verse number 8, if the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which floweth with what? Milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land. For they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Hey, they said, listen, we agree with God. This is a good land. And God's going to give it to us. And this is going to be great. Hey, we're excited about this. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be wonderful. Hey, praise God. We're Christians. And we're in God's will. It's a great thing to serve God. It's a great thing to be useful to God. It's a great thing to have God have a plan for your life. And they looked at the blessing. Everybody else couldn't look at the blessings. They just looked at the giants. They just looked at the walls. And listen, these folks here, they looked at all the great things that they had ahead of them. It's a sad thing. Sometimes Christians look at all the opposition and all the bad people and how hard it's going to be. But not Joshua and Caleb. They said, listen, this is going to be great. Folks, we ought to be like Joshua and Caleb and keep on looking at the blessings of what God's going to give. Hey, Joshua and Caleb were different. How were they different? They focused on the possible blessings that were ahead. Number two, Joshua and Caleb believed God. They believed God. Look way back to Exodus chapter 3, please. Exodus chapter 3. They believed God. And, you know, we need to just get back to just believing God. You know, sometimes we talk about God, we read about God, uh, as they said in that uh, song this morning, and we hear about God doing things in history. But you know, we need to get back to believing God. We need to believe God is real, and God knows what he's talking about, and we need to trust God. And they believed God. In Exodus chapter 3, verse number 8, and of course they, they, they um, um, uh, had known about this matter of God coming down to, to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse 8, God said, I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a what? Good land and a large unto a land flowing with what? Milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Hey, God had come down and said to Moses, listen, that's a good land right there. I'm not giving you junk. That's not something I'm giving you because nobody else wants it. Hey, that's a land that flows with milk and honey. That's a picture of prosperity. Hey, uh, you're going to have cows, and you're going to have uh, honey there. Hey, you're going to have more than just uh, enough to sustain you. Hey, it's a good land, and don't you look at God and say, I wonder if that's good or not. God said it's good, and therefore it's good. Believe God. In verse number 17, the Bible says, And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites unto a land flowing with what? Milk and honey. Look in chapter 12 of Exodus. Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, verse number 25. Exodus chapter 12, verse number 25. Exodus chapter 12, verse number 25. This is going back to what God had said even to Abraham and to Isaac and now to Moses. He said, listen, I'm going to give you a good land. And, 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 and the people were going there. I wonder if this is a good land or not. Joshua and Caleb said, I know what God tell, told me about it. And I believe God. I believe that what God said is true. You may not look at it and see it that way. You may not realize how good it is. But when God says it's a good land, we ought to trust in God. 
in Exodus chapter 12, verse 25, and it shall come to pass when you become to the land which the Lord will give you according as he has promised that you shall keep the service. Not only is it a good land, but it's a promised land. Hey, God said, I'm going to give this to you. This is something I'm going to enable you to have the power to overcome those that are there, the Hivites and Amorites and Canaanites and so forth. God said, I'm promising it to you. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. It's a good land. And Moses uh, uh, told the people that. Now, if you go to Numbers chapter uh, 14, please. Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. We just read it a few minutes ago. Numbers chapter 14, verse number 8. Numbers chapter 14, verse number 8. Joshua and Caleb are standing up here, and they're quite different than everybody else. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 8, they said, If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that floweth with milk and honey. They said, Listen, we don't know how. We don't understand all the details. But one thing we know, God said he promised it to us, and God said it's a good land, and I believe God. Listen, everybody said that can't happen, but they said God said it's going to happen, and we believe God over everybody. Hey, listen, a thousand people can stand together and say it's not going to happen. But they said, we believe God. The Bible tells us there were 600,000 men there, probably with their families. Could have been 5 million people. They all got together and said, listen, uh, Joshua and Caleb, we don't think it's going to happen. They said God said it, and we believe that God is going to give it to us. Hey, would we, would we stop? Could we stop questioning God? Can we stop doubting God? Can we stop uh, looking at things from our own perspective and just believe God? You know, that's what Joshua and Caleb did. And look at where they ended up. And then in verse number 9, they said, Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear you the people of the land. They are bred for us. Their defense has departed from them. The Lord is with us. Hey, they were confident. God's in this. God promised us this. This is God's plan. They were steady. They were sure. They said, we're going to trust in God's promises. We're going to have faith. We're going to follow God's promises. If anybody's against it, doesn't matter. We're going to listen only to God. You know, the, same, the sad thing is this. The Hebrews should have been in an excited state of mind right now. They should have been in a zealous point of mind right now. You know why? God had just come down and destroyed Egypt. God had brought plague after plague after plague miraculously and protected them in the land of Goshen. God split the Red Sea wide open and they walked through on dry ground. God had given them water out of a rock. God had given them manna on the ground every morning. Hey, God had spoken to, to Moses there in a burning bush. They should have been excited and they should have, in my mind, said, you know what? We believe God's going to do it because God's been doing miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle for us. Hey, what's one more miracle for God? But the sad thing is this, they didn't believe in God. But Joshua and Caleb saw the reality. He said, listen, God's been taking care of us up to now. God's gotten us from where we were to where we are now. Listen, why are we questioning God uh, whether or not he can get us from here to where he wants us to be? Do you ever think about that? Hey, if God could save your soul, why can't he save your life? Hey, if God could take you from being a lost sinner to being a child of God, why can't God do something with you in this life and use you in a great way? Hey, we ought to believe God better than that. He had done great things for them. And Joshua and Caleb said, listen, God's going God's to do this. We believe God. As long as we have God on our side, we don't care. And it's a sad thing that they were unpopular. The congregation in verse number 10, looking for uh, Numbers chapter 14, verse 10, but all the congregation bade stone them with stones. Like I said, there could have been millions of people right here. The Bible says that the congregation, all of them, started uh, talking about stoning them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. It's a sad thing, but Joshua and Caleb didn't let all these people discourage them. They said, listen, we, we, we're going to look at the potential blessing here. And number two, we're going to believe God. 
We're going to stay faithful to God. Number three, Joshua and Caleb saw what God could do. They, they saw what God could do. Let me explain what I mean. Look in Numbers chapter 13, verse number 31, please. Numbers chapter 13, verse number 31. Numbers chapter 13, verse number 31. The Bible says here, and this is the other men that, uh, uh, the other spies. The Bible says, but the men that went up with them said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. They were talking about we. We are not able. We be not able. Look in chapter 14, verse 8. Numbers chapter 14, verse 8. This is Joshua and Caleb. They said, if the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into land. They didn't say we can do it. They said he can do it. There's a big difference between looking at what you and I can do and what he can do. And Joshua and Caleb said, listen, not only do we believe in God, but we see what God can do. Hey, we're not going to try to do this in our own strength we can't do it we're not going to try to do this in our own intelligence our own wisdom because we're not smart enough hey we're not going to try to figure this out because we can't do that but God can and they saw what God can do hey if we would just stop denying God's power listen we'd be different than everybody else and we ought to be different than everybody else hey we're saved by God's grace so we ought to start believing in God and seeing what God could do and that's what Joshua and Caleb made them so different they said you know what we're not going to worry about us we're not going to make this equation of where whether or not we can overcome them or if we can outnumber them or we can fight them. No, we just see what God can do. You know, looking at what you can do is going to make you turn back. But looking at what God's going to do is going to make you go forward. Maybe tonight you do have a burden. Maybe things are not the way you want it to be. Look, don't look at yourself. Don't look at your circumstances. Look at who God is and say, you know what? I'm going to believe in you, and I'm going to see what you can do. I'm going to see your potential. I'm going to see where your limitations are. I'm going to see what's going to stop you. I'm going to see what's going to trip you up. I'm going to see what can make you stumble. And let me tell you, if you look at life that way, it's, it's going to be a lot more like Joshua and Caleb. Hey, the truth is this. We are grasshoppers compared to the Canaanites. That's true. But the Canaanites are grasshoppers compared to God. So what are, you, what are you constantly looking about we and us and I and me and my? Let's look at what he can do. Hey, God is more powerful than Amalekites and, and, and Canaanites. He made the ground they walk on. Amen? Listen, the ten spies and, and all the congregation, when they heard about the Canaanites, they started shrinking back and questioning God and saying, God can't do it. Listen, we ought to never allow anything, any problem, any burden to shrink God in our sight. Hey, God is a great God. God's a powerful God. God's an omniscient God. There's nothing too hard for him. And that's what Joshua and Caleb had in their mind. They said, listen, we're looking at the possible blessings here. This can be great. Hey, not only that, but we believe God. God's done great things. Why can't God do it again? And they saw what God can do. Number four, they encouraged people. They try to encourage people. Look in chapter 13, verse 30. Uh, Numbers chapter 13, verse number 30. The Bible says, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. And what? possess it for we are well able to overcome it let's go let's go let's go but sad to say look in verse 31 in verse 31 but the men that went up with him said we be not able to go up against the people for we are uh, for they are stronger than we and they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature and there where we saw we saw the giants the son of Anak which came of the giants and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers and so we were in their sight and all the congregation lifted up their voice and what cried and the people wept 
that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in the wilderness. Hey, they made everybody want to die. They made everybody cry. They made everybody murmur and complain. Hey, listen, that's not, that's not uh, going to lead to God's blessing. We need, to make God, we need to make God big. We need to make God God. Amen? And we don't encourage people, hey, God can do this. Hey, let's follow God. Let's trust in God's promises. That's what we ought to do. Amen? Look, none of us here are non-affecting Christians. It's well known in our army. If one person uh, starts having doubts or wants to turn back, they're going to influence someone else to turn back. Hey, it's a well-known fact that if somebody starts murmuring and complaining, you're going to get somebody else murmuring and complaining. Do you ever yawn and all of a sudden everybody's yawning? Hey, we're, we're like that. We influence one another whether we like it or not. And, and it's a sad thing, but they all said, <coughs> listen, we're going to turn back. We can't do this. And everybody said, yeah, you're right. We can't do this. And they dishearten one another and they discourage one another. See, we're all connected to each other. Joshua and Caleb, though, were very different. They were tremendously encouraging in the Lord. And you know what? When we come to church, we ought to encourage one another in the Lord. You know, at home, we ought to encourage one another in the Lord. Hey, wherever we are, whether it's in a bus route or a Sunday school class or phase two, you ought to encourage each other in the Lord. Hey, don't discourage each other. Don't tell each other, oh, you know, God's not going to do that. No, encourage each other. Amen? Listen, it's a sad thing that these other uh, spies uh, caused people to turn against Moses and Aaron and say, I wish we were dead and, and I wish we would die. It's a sad thing, but we need to encourage everybody. Hey, it's not easy for anybody. We need to encourage one another. Men, we need to encourage one another to have more ushers and greeters. Amen? Uh, greeters, you need to encourage one, each other, but not, not too much, though, okay? Uh, we need to encourage one another. Hey, when we go to the Quad State, we need to encourage these other churches and encourage these other pastors. Hey, let's encourage each other. Hey, let's be like a Joshua and a Caleb and say to each other, to the young people in the youth department, hey, let's serve God. Let's live a clean life. Hey, let's put God first. Let's pray together. Hey, encourage the other soul winners. Encourage the other bus workers. Encourage the other Christians. Let's encourage each other. That's what Joshua and Caleb did. Number five, Joshua and Caleb only thought about one thing. Let's go forward. Look in Numbers chapter 14, verse number three. Joshua and Caleb only thought about one thing. That's going forward. Look, there's a reason why God blessed Joshua and, Joshua and Caleb. They focused, again, on the possible blessings, and they believed in God, and they saw what God could do, and they encouraged each other and encouraged others, and they, again, only spoke about going forward. In Numbers chapter 14, verse number 3, uh, this year is where they had been crying and complaining. In verse 3, And wherefore hath the Lord brought us up out of this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said to one another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And then, of course, Joshua and Caleb got up, and, and they, they encouraged the people. Look down to Numbers chapter 14, verse 22. Numbers chapter 14, verse number 22, please. And the Bible says, Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened unto my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them provoke that provoked me, see it. Watch, verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully. This is God speaking. He hath followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land where into he went, and his seed shall possess it. God said, these guys here, they're half-hearted. They're not really in it. But Caleb, he's following me fully. They're not talking about going back. They're not talking about quitting. They're not talking about it's too hard. They're talking about going forward no matter what. And God says, I like it when people follow me fully. People, uh, people, you and me, we ought to follow God with all our hearts. 
We sang with the kids during vacation Bible school. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back by the grace of God. No turning back. Hey, I love that song because that's an important message. Hey, you not, we need to get in this and no turning back. Hey, no turning back in marriage. No turning back in parenting. Hey, no turning back in Christianity. Hey, no turning back when we make a promise. No turning back. I want to die serving God. I want to die married. I want to die being a good father. I want to die again in God's will. Hey, no turning back. And that was the heartbeat, the mentality, the outlook of Joshua and Caleb. They said, listen, we're not turning back. We're going to follow God fully. Amen? Sad thing. In Acts chapter 7, verse 39, the Bible speaks about the Hebrews that, the, that in their hearts they turn back to Egypt. And very soon that's going to come out that they're not really fully following God. They're going to make a golden calf idol and they're going to play wicked music and, and be naked and dance and have idolatry and complain about the garlic and the leeks and the watermelons wanting that back. Listen, they always had going back to Egypt as an uh, option. They never really were in it 100%. It's a sad thing. They kept looking back all the time. They still were thinking, oh, oh maybe I'm going to go back. Maybe I'm going to go back. Joshua and Caleb said, I burned my bridges. I'm never going back. I'm not going back to my old life. I'm not going back to where I used to be. I'm not going to go back and undo my promises. The only option we have is to go forward or go to heaven. Amen? Look, if your backup plan right now is going back, listen, you're going to fail. If your plan B is to go backwards and get out of God's will, you're going to fail. If you're half in, you say, well, I'm half in. Well, if you're half in, you're still half out. You need to be serious about what you're doing. Like Joshua and Caleb, they said, we're going to follow God fully. Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Why did Noah fail? I'll tell you why. He was still making wine like he used to do before the flood. Why did Lot's wife fail? Because she's still looking back. Why did Samson fail? Because he was looking back. Listen, you're not going to get into Canaan unless you fully follow the Lord. Joshua and Caleb fully followed the Lord. They said, listen, that settles it. We're not, we're not going to talk about going back. We're not going to bring it up. We're not going to have it as an option. It's not on the table. This is not an idea for us. Hey, we're going to follow God. That's it. This is God's promise. This is a land that flows with milk and honey. God has brought us thus far. Listen, God could do it because he's done it in the past. We're going to go forward no matter what. And God says, well, you're going to go forward, but first you have to wait for these people to die. Which brings me to number five. Joshua and Caleb ended up in Canaan. What happened to the rest of them? Well, look if you would to Numbers chapter uh, 14. Numbers chapter 14, verse 36. Numbers chapter 14, verse 36. And the men which Moses sent to search the land, who returned and made all the congregation a murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephna, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. Hey, that's the way to succeed. Amen? They were different. They were different. If you're like everybody else, you're going to end up like everybody else. Hey, we're going to end up destroying our life, wasting our time, wasting all the talents God's given us. We need to be different. Joshua and Caleb were different. Why were they different? Well, they always looked at the possible blessing. Hey, God, God has some blessing for us. God's got something for us, and he does. Listen, not only that, they believed God. They said, I believe God's telling the truth. God's not lying to us. It's a good land. That's what he said. 
I heard he said that to Moses. They saw and believed in what God could do. They encouraged others to, to follow God. They talked only about going forward. They followed God fully. And they got to Canaan. And today, we don't hear about these other guys. Hey, have you heard anybody preach about, uh, you ever hear somebody preach about Palti? Or Gadil? Or Gadi? Or Emil? Or Nahibi? Or Ghoul? You say, who's that? Who cares? They, they, they messed everything up. But we talk all the time about Joshua and Caleb, Joshua and Caleb, Joshua. Hey, those guys are different. Those are different. You got to be different, young people. Be different. You say, well, it's hard to be. I know it, it was hard for Joshua and Caleb to be different, but they ended up in Canaan. Everybody else died. Everybody else, their future was the wilderness, and they stayed in the wilderness until they dropped dead. I wouldn't want to waste my life that way. So how do you be different? How do you, how do you, get, into, how do you get into Canaan? You got to be different. You have to believe God. You have to see God in it. You have to see the potential blessings. You have to talk about going forward and encourage other people. And you'll be, again, like Joshua and Caleb. Lord, thank you for their example. Lord, it must have been hard to face not only the giants, but to face even people that they grew up with and, Lord, uh, were in their own congregation. Lord, it's hard to hear the giants talk about maybe throwing a spear or somehow destroying your life, Lord, with a sword. But it's probably even harder to hear the congregation talk about stoning you with stones, Lord. We pray that you just give us the courage and the wisdom and the discernment of a, that you gave to Joshua and Caleb, Lord. Men that lived lives that were worth living and, and, and men that lived their lives in such a way that we still speak about them highly and we, we, we thank God for their example. Lord, please <coughs> guide us as we, as well, have the choice to be like everybody else or to be different. Help us, Lord, to stand out. Help us to be peculiar people. Help us, Lord, to be different than the average Christian. Lord, because you certainly <coughs> want to do something above average in our life. <coughs> we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Piano play. Maybe there's a decision that you need to make tonight about how you look at things. Hey, they didn't focus on the giants. They focused on the problems. They focused on the blessings. Hey, they believed God. They didn't just listen to the internet and listen to <coughs> what everybody else said. They didn't just see what they could do. They saw what God could do. Hey, what can God do? They didn't cause other people to weep and cry and discourage. They encouraged others. They didn't talk about going back. They talked about going forward. And that's why they ended up in Canaan. They ended up not in the wilderness. They ended up in the promised land. I want to be able to live and live in such a way that I end up in the right place. Hey, Joshua and Caleb, went. by the time they died, they were in the promised land. And that, that was the ultimate plan for their life all along. It's a sad thing when we spend years and years and years of our life walking around in a big circle. You, you ever take a look at what they did for 40 years? They basically walked around in a circle. And they ended up pretty much the same place where they started. It's a sad thing. I don't want to walk around in circles. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to have nothing to show for my life. I don't want to make, live my life and make no difference anywhere. I want to do something that can be spoken about after I'm in heaven. Hey, Joshua and Caleb are gone for thousands of years. We're still talking about them. We have Sunday school lessons about them. The Bible tells us their <coughs> story. <coughs> Why? Because they did something that's worth doing. And folks, it's something we can do too. I tried to say this morning that the people in the Bible were no different than us. They're just human beings. They're flesh. 
What God did for them, God could do for us. There's no difference. God hasn't changed his mind. Joshua and Caleb, what encouragement to read about their life, how they stood out. Well, they're different, but God blessed them in a different way. May that be you, young lady. May that be you, young man, because it's just available for you as it is for them. Let's be different. Let's be the kind of people God could bless in a unique way so that we can have a life that's worth living. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for these uh, two great men, Joshua and Caleb, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you gave us these great examples uh, in, in the Bible, Lord. Lord, they, uh, they believed in you, Lord, and they took actions based on those beliefs, Lord. Lord, just help us to be like them, Lord. Lord, we believe in you, Lord, but sometimes we, uh, we don't act on those beliefs, Lord. Sometimes we, we, we uh, take actions that don't pertain to what we say we believe, Lord. Help us to uh, stay focused, Lord, and just help us to, Lord, uh, follow the examples of uh, jo Joshua and Caleb, Lord. Lord, that we uh, Lord, uh, can see the, the your promises uh, be fulfilled, Lord, like they did, Lord. Lord you, you have things in store for us, Lord, and, and we uh, sometimes uh, forfeit those, uh, those, those treasures that you have because we uh, don't act on our faith, Lord, just help us to be faithful, Lord, help us to be focused, Lord, just help us to, uh, Lord, uh, remember your promises, just like uh, Joshua and Caleb, and just in my prayer, amen.